Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am very well. My goodness, today has been a good day, let me tell you. So um, I like to have this thing called a Kit Kat. I don't know what country you're listening to this podcast in, but in England, we have a Kit Kat, which is like a wafery biscuit covered in chocolate. And mine today had no wafer in. It was just pure chocolate. Now that happens so rarely these days. It always used to, if my memory serves me right. But uh, these days never happens, never a factory mishap. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, a biscuit without any wafer is still a biscuit, even though it's pure chocolate. So uh, yes, I've been very good today. I haven't had chocolate, just a biscuit. Oh my goodness, it was the Kit Kat at its best. So that was very pleasing. And what else is very pleasing is I've got some amazing books to talk to you about today. I'm going to talk about The House Guests by Mark Edwards, um, Locked Together, an Audible Original, Rhythm and Poetry by Carl Nova. And we're also going to talk about The Curator by M.W. Craven because M.W. Craven, Mike Craven, is on this podcast, yes. And I do have to warn you that I sound like an asthmatic whale in this interview because I was just so very happy to be able to talk to Mike and I love his book so much, so please forgive me. Oh, and when um, Mike refers to David, I should just point out, because I cut a little bit, had to cut a little bit, that's his agent, David Headley, so there we go. Um, Now, I do need to mention my wonderful Facebook group because everyone on there is lovely and we've been talking about what books we've been reading and there are some great ones that have come up again. Uh, Laura's reading Someone We Know, well, she's just finished, by Shari LaPena and and she's just about to start uh, Little Fires Everywhere uh, by Celeste Ng. We've got, oh, what else have we got? Oh, yes, uh, Love in the Time of Cholera, Sandra's reading. Well, that's uh, very appropriate for, for this time. Uh, Helen's reading The Beekeeper's Promise uh, by Fiona Valpi. Um, and in fact, Hilary's started reading that as well. So that's very good. And she's read four of the author's earlier books. So clearly a winner. Do come and join our group. We'd love to have you on board. Go to Facebook, um, search for the Quick Book Reviews podcast and you'll find us there. 
So let's talk Mike Craven, M.W. Craven. He's written a number of books, but the, the series for me is really the uh, Washington Poe, the Poe and Tilly series. And these are crime novels at their best. I think the, the best British crime there is. Um, it started, first of all, with The Puppet Show, and then you had Black Summer, and then now just released is The Curator, the third book. Uh, and let me read you the blurb about it so I make sure I'm on page with it, on page, on trend, all of that. Uh, it's Christmas and a serial killer is leaving displayed body parts all over Cumbria. A strange message is left at each scene. Hashtag BSC6. Called in to investigate, the National Crime Agency's Washington Poe and Tilly Bradshaw are faced with a case that makes no sense. Why were some victims anaesthetised while others died in appalling agony? Why is their only suspect denying what they can irrefutably prove, but admitting to things they weren't even aware of? And why did the victims all take the same two weeks off work three years earlier? And when a disgraced FBI agent gets in touch, things take an even darker turn because she doesn't think Poe is dealing with a serial killer at all. She thinks he's dealing with someone far, far worse, a man who calls himself the curator and nothing will ever be the same again. So here's my conversation um, with uh, Mike Craven. And as I say, apologies for my over exuberance asthma-like enthusiasm and general overall embarrassment. Enjoy. So characters, your characters are just fabulous. Tilly and Poe, obviously the, the two leaders. Who came first? Uh, oh. Okay. Um, he, wh wh with my first series, um, the, the Fluke series, David asked me to write a new series. I, initially, actually, he asked me to rewrite Body Breaker as the first in a new series, because I'd signed with them then, and he wanted me oh. with a big publisher, and they wouldn't take on the Fluke series, mid-series. So I thought, well, I, I quite like the idea of a sort of misanthropic older guy, um, no, no real friends, but the, fr the few friends that he does have are very loyal. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I sort of stuck with that. And I gave him, I, I thought, the opposite of Fluke's sidekick, who was Matt Towler, who's an ex-para, bit of a psychotic, um, <laughs> rude, non-PC guy. I thought, well, the opposite of that would yes. be a, a female to start with, maybe not even a cop, a bit, a bit nerdy, but she was nowhere near as dark as she was, as sorry, as naive or as sort of um, innocent as she was. It, it wasn't until I was about a third of the way through the book that I actually found... Poe's uh, first name. I knew I wanted to call him Poe, but I didn't know the first oh. name. And when I, uh, I, I miss someone misheard me say Washington Post. And they said, what, they said to me, what's the Washington Poe? <laughs> because I always think about Poe, that's sort of, yes. that, that's a great name. But I have to explain mm. why he was called Washington, because he's, he's from Cumbria. And when yeah. I had that backstory, which is, as you know, is very dark, he became yeah. a lot darker than I'd originally written him. So therefore, I had to go back and revisit Tilly and make her out a lot lighter than I'd originally written her. So uh, she, she yes. had a complete character rewrite in the first in the first book because she was initially um, a lot more streetwise. She was sort of um, she would spend a lot of time uh, in, in in the first draft, sort of entrapping paedophiles online and just doing things that a bit like yeah. she's a bit too close to Elizabeth Sander actually. So I'm sort of glad it sort of worked out because I don't think. Maybe Holly Gibney from the Stephen King, yes, um, the Mercedes trilogy is is similar, but they're not. Whereas 
Chloe Gibney's got a bit of a personality disorder, you might say. Yeah. Whereas Tilly is just generally innocent and naive and is stepping out into the world for the first time. So. And just everybody loves them. I've not heard one they negative do, thing. Yeah, they do. Particularly everyone likes Tilly. Um, yes. Because, I mean, the Poe character you've sort of seen before, he, he, he's, he's not a cliche, but he's, he's not unique in that. And that's because all my favourite characters are sort of, I put the bits I liked from, say, Harry Bosch, um, Sam Vines yeah. from Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Um, there's yes. even a little bit of Jackson Lamb in them now from Mick Heron's series. Oh, yeah. So you, you, you can't not yeah. take that on, because it's what you, what you read and what you watch is it ends up being part of who you are. So, um, But Tilly, I've, I've pretty much invented from, from scratch. But every time um, I see someone do a little bit odd, I'll say, oh, would Tilly do it? Yes, they would. Yeah, and um, Tilly brings out a new side to him as well, I would say, you, you know, that makes Poe different as well. Yeah, I, 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 you're absolutely right. As the series progresses, Poe is... One, one thing you'll notice, and this is... It's a commercial decision as well as the characters, and Poe swears less now than he, in the first book. He, he, in Dead Ground, I think he only swears about three times, and that's because, A, it's more commercial if, if the, the less swearing there is in the book, but also being... Tilly's room, nothing yeah. to do. He, he doesn't swear around Tilly anymore now, or very rarely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she is, she is, and, and he's changing her. He, he's just sort of um, got more confidence in coming out and doing things that she would ordinarily have been maybe a bit hesitant about about doing. I wouldn't say scared because I I think she's um, she she's oh, yeah. the real brave one in, in, yes. in she's the one who yeah. demonstrates the most courage, um, and. As you know, she's literally saved his life yeah. um, twice now, as it happens, um, and certainly saved him from a life sentence in in, in Black Sun yes. as well. Um, a little little bit of spoiler there, but um, I mean, it's the reality. And she really is Poe po and Tilly's relationship is the beating heart of the of the of the series, and what makes it a, a little bit different. Uh, and I could get away with sort of bits where not much is really happening, but as long as them two are banking yeah. and, and making the readers laugh and smile and just enjoy their friendship. So you can get through bits that would maybe be a bit flatter in other novels, which means I can make the plots a bit more complex if I need to. Uh, I, I, yes. I, I, I can always rely on them to to, to keep yeah. the interest levels of the readers up because but, people, like, people like them talking to each other. But there's, there's other characters, I mean, I, I would say, so many of your characters are really sort of strong, vibrant characters. You know, you've got Doyle, Stephanie Flynn, even even the dog is is his own character. Yeah. You know, it, when you when you're visualising it, is it the characters that you see rather than the scenery? Because it's different for different writers. Um, I I've made a very clear decision that any character who's on the page, unless they are literally just delivering an envelope or something, will have to have readers thinking well they could have a story of their own as in they are interesting enough to carry a story on their own so Estelle Doyle certainly Estelle Doyle's a series regular now which has been in yeah. to um she's, she's a bit more in dead ground and uh po, po 5 the one I'm writing now is an Estelle Doyle story um Stephanie Flynn um is is sort of there just so that they've got some boundaries uh, and obviously yeah. she's had her own little story arc in yeah in this one so I, I do try and paint pictures um, and I also like to think that a lot of the characters that I use I can then bring back because people will remember them because I've made them memorable uh, so in, in the one I'm writing now 
sorry, no, in Dead Grounds. That's that's been written. That's out next year. There's um, it was actually my friend that said, "I dare you to get the phrase bugger rumbled in for the next book." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I didn't, but I did have a, I did need a street um, entertainer, a tramp, basically, um, and I called him Bugger Rumble. Um, this like <laughs> scarecrowy type fella who um, basically trolls the public. He is the world's first low rise walker. He draws a straight line of chalk on the ground, <laughs> walks along it, and then bows. Um, he, he used to be one of Poe's snouts, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have him up every every now and then. Um, so the the fun to right because you can actually then sort of stretch your your muscles and go in a slightly different direction. But one of the characters yeah. from Body Breaker, the second. Fluke book has, has made a reappearance in, in Dead Ground. Um, Steel Eye Stan, the one-eyed bouncer. The oh, fantastic. Four bearings in his eyes because he's got yes. so many glass eyes. So he's, he's now the bouncer at um, a pub that Poe has, has to go into. Oh, so great. So they, they keep cropping up, which is brilliant. So the curator, which is the book just out, that's the third in the series. Yes. And you've mentioned about dead ground number four, number five. Is is there an end number or is it just... I'll keep going as long as I'm paid to... (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Number five is called The Botanist. Um, Number six is probably going to be called The Third Light. And I'm just starting to think about what I might do for Poe 7 now. Um, I was was doing this at the weekend, actually, because I came across an article in the paper and thought that fits in with an idea I had anyway. So I'm starting to think about uh, Post 7. And I've got a short story collection out um, yes. in September. Um, Why, Don't Sheep, Why Don't Sheep Shrink, which is the one that was released at free. Yes. That's, that's the middle one, and there's, there's, a, there's a story either side of that. And that'll be out September the 3rd. And I think that's, I think they're going to charge a couple of quid. I don't know. Again, Just sales. Brilliant. Keep, it, keep us going till, till the next... Hardback yeah, and I've, I've got a Christmas short story coming out at Christmas to tie in with the paperback release, and I've got a, another Poe and Telly short story coming out in September in an anthology, um, which is un, still under wraps. So I can't say which anthology yet, but oh wow, fantastic! Um, so yeah, so, there's, there's, there's a lot coming up. I mean, each book on its own is they're absolutely incredible, and then there's also this underlying story of of Poe and and who he is and and, and what he is will, mm. will will the books finish when his story finishes or will that 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 won't be a hindrance to stopping the, the series no I, I i'm planning to although something's come up which which might put a spanner in it um i was planning to do it as a tie up that particular storyline uh, as a novella and bring it out um before the botanist and I, I've, I've wrote the botanist as if that part of Poe's arc story arc has been resolved um the bit with his father um so the i've got other story arcs i could certainly the the events of the creator um naturally lead on to another sort of underlying story Mm. arc um which i won't say what it is um because there will be people a lot of people won't get it yes um but yeah so I, i think that might be the new the new line of, uh, well, the sort of thing that um, it sort of crops up uh, a little bit in each book. So, uh, I, want, I, I, don't know. I want to talk about the ending about the creator. I don't want to say anything about it uh, specifically, but, you know, it was for me, it was, uh, well, I suppose as with every book, it's such um, an unexpected, incredible twist of an ending. 
um did you always have that in in mind was that there yeah i i remember speaking to mick heron at harrogate um the year that the puppet show was out so it must have been 2018 and i said what i was planning for the end of the book so I, it was in my head then because i remember him saying won't let you basically basically you won't get that they'll they'll try and change it and they did change in the editing process there were parts of it that were changed slightly but not 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 so much i couldn't live i couldn't live with anything so i pretty much got the ending that i wanted um in fact in during the editing process i um made it even even worse i thought because i added the bit with the with the lobster pot and <laughs> little, little things like that yeah um so yeah, I, I, it was. It, and I, I was a bit apprehensive before it came out because I didn't know how people were going to react to that. Because it was, I purposely kept the book fairly. I, mean, I know you can't call it a crime book, particularly the type of crime books I write, light. But it was, it was quite light in tone. The, 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 there was a lot of humour there throughout, um, and I did that intentionally because I knew what was coming in at the end. So I think sort of yeah, um, just wonderful. Just, I mean. <laughs> Each book seems to start for me. It's almost a bit of a test. There's um, there's quite a gory chapter, not not too good. Yeah, I can cope with it, but it, it, a slightly gory chapter. And then if the reward are these wonderful characters and humour and yes, twists and turns. But is is that a bit of a sort of a a rite of passage for readers to go through, or have I got that completely wrong? Um, no, yeah, yeah, you haven't. I mean. The puppet show started with someone being burnt alive, being told from his point of view, which was obviously horrific. Yeah. Black Summer didn't really, I mean, there was that tiny little sort of prologue thing at the yes. start. Then it, then, it went straight, <laughs> then it went straight into the, um, the, the, the meal. The, the, the meal, which yes. I didn't think too much of that at, at the time, but it, people have really picked up on it. Um, and then the creator obviously starts with quite a nasty little yes. sense. Dead ground actually. That's that, that starts with a bank heist. Um, oh, okay. Um, so it's and it's yeah, it starts with a fella in the middle of a bank heist explaining where the origins of the phrase cat's paw comes in, and they're all wearing James Bond masks, and it's a bit like hearted until suddenly it isn't. Um, but it's not. It's certainly the. I don't think it's going to turn any any stomachs. The, the, to start with dead ground. I actually read it out on uh, Not at the Bar um, this last last week. So oh, it, I missed that. Oh, yeah, you can find you can find it online. But so it, ha yeah. it, has, been, it has been premiered because it's been edited and copy edited, so it's ready to go. So what I read out, barring any anything that the proofreader finds, is pretty much what's going to be in the next year. With the um, legal system and with your career going back all those years. Uh, I don't know, I would imagine some authors might want to take a, a pop at things, but I feel like you're very respectful, even, you know, courts, magistrates. You're not yeah, you can, you can sort of tell when something really has hurt me, because I, 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 I will say. But I, I enjoyed my career in probation, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I, was, I was getting sort of a bit um, hot feet at the end when I wanted to be a writer. And, of course. Um, particularly uh, when the chances of redundancy came up and I didn't get it the first time. I, I sort of got <sighs> a little bit disillusioned. But then I, I got a different role and I was enjoying it. So I've, I've certainly got nothing against probation. They do a, a really good job. And I, 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 I think as a police officer, you must get a bit sick of it. And I do remember that a chief mm. constable somewhere, I can't remember which one it was, said, you wish you could read about 
good no nonsense cops every now and then but mm. it, it wouldn't be as interesting unfortunately but as you say you need the friction to make the story yeah. and crikey what a story i mean even in your acknowledgements now i don't normally read all the acknowledgements but the acknowledgements in the back of the curator just just made me laugh they're <laughs> just just so funny uh, i can't remember which one though is it in one of them i, I thank people in order of height um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, Black, I think that was Black Summer. I think people in order. Yeah, fight. this is in no particular order, but people who think they deserve a mention and you're not quite so sure they get a mention, but you right. know they're well aware of it. And people who obviously do deserve a mention and and what they've done. It's it's amazing how many people are involved in helping and, you and create. Yeah, and I mean that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean the, the people working behind the scenes who I never get to meet, like the, the key account managers for different. Books, uh, bookshops and supermarkets and um, the people in sales. I mean, I, I, I know one person in sales and that's a massive part of Little Brown, um, all working on, on, on my behalf. Um, I, I, get, I, I basically know the people who need, need to have a direct relationship with me. My publicist obviously needs to know me and yeah. she can book me on things that she knows I'm going to be able to turn up or, or do. My editor, obviously, we have a very close working relationship. Um, but also, they, you know, they, we, we all want you to write because we just love these books. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's giving you the time to be able to do that. Well, it is. And when I was with a small publisher before, a lot of that fell on, fell on you to do. So this is, you, you do give up a little bit of control with regarding covers and titles. But the flip side of that is you don't have to do too much worrying. Yeah. Um, so once I've sent the manuscript off, it's, that's it, done. I mean, barring a few... A few yes. little ones and songs. That, that's my role done. It's over everyone else. Final question. What are you reading at the moment? I've just read Vasim Khan's new book, which is out in August, I think, and it's called Midnight at Malabar House. Um, and right. It's the first, first in a new series. Um, and it's set in uh, India two years after partition. So... Um, I, I read that in two days. Absolutely fantastic book, oh. really. And I, I've e emailed Baz this morning. He's mate of mine. I, I said, it, I'm not going to say it's your best book because that's a bit yeah. judgmental. But I, I will say it's my favourite book of, of his that he's written. I've read them all because I love the Inspector Chopra series. Yes. Well, I've made a note of that one. Right. I'll get on to that next. Thank no, I'm you. also I'm also reading Broken by Don Winslow, which um, I'm a big yes, fan of yes, of course. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I've, uh, it's a collection of sort of uh, long, short stories, and I've read four out of the five, and it was as good as I was expecting to be. Oh, I really enjoyed it, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, My pleasure. I really appreciate it. No, thank Sorry. you. <laughs> You're an absolute star to help me. Thank you. Well, that was all very exciting. So next I want to talk to you about something that made me laugh a lot. I know I was laughing in that interview, but this this was something else. Um, it's by Audible Original and it's not a, an audio book, so it's a little bit different, but they're called Locked Together. And it's a series of eight different telephone or Zoom discussions between two well-known comedians. So the first one I listened to was Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. Um, and then after that, I listened to Sarah Millican and Jason Manford and then Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. There's all sorts there. And they're just catching up with each other, talking about how they're getting on in lockdown um, 
and just the the funny moments. And I have to say, even though I started listening to these on a day that oh wasn't so great, obviously not had enough chocolate that day, um, I found myself smiling and then laughing out loud. The the Dawn French Jennifer Saunders one for me. It it's gentle humour, but it it was just lovely. And I'd really recommend those if you're looking for something just to take you away. Yes, it's talking about what's going on, but it's just putting a, a positive spin on it all. And out of the eight episodes, there's bound to be at least one set of comedians that, that you like or enjoy. And it gives you, actually, it's a good way of you coming into contact, listening to some other comedians that you might not normally listen to um, because they're all unique uh, and different. The Corrupt FM one, now I admit I have never listened to them before. Well, th theirs was pretty unique as well. It was great. So I'd really recommend those if you want a, a time of humour and escape. Um, then Locked Together, which is an Audible special and which I got for free. I think if you're an Audible member, you get to listen to that for free. So they're really good, really um, enjoyable ones. So there we are. That's my uh, second recommendation. So we had Mike Craven's book, The Curator, then Locked Together, an Audible special. Now, the next one I want to talk to you about isn't a laugh a minute, that's for sure. It's called The House Guest by Mark Edwards. I recently reviewed The Retreat by Mark Edwards, which I really enjoyed, and he had The House Guest just out. So I thought, right, we've got to listen to that, get that as audiobook. Um, and if you're looking for something that's a thriller, but with a difference, so not your normal run of the mill, um, but one that's quite atmospheric, he uses the weather quite neatly for different experiences. Um, and it's about a couple, British couple, that are helping some friends out, some friends that they met only fairly recently, um, who have a house in New York and they're away. So this British couple are house-sitting for the summer. And they're focusing on their career, trying to build that up. And suddenly there's a knock at the door and this girl in the pouring rain um, is expecting, says she's expecting to see the house owners, who of course aren't there. Um, they let her in. And it's what then happens. You know, you, you do one thing, you let a person into the house and then that means something else happens and something else happens. Uh, even if I'd sat down and tried to think of what might possibly happen in those circumstances, I do not think I could have come up with how it all transpired and how it ended. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I... Uh, maybe I enjoyed the retreat slightly more, but that's because I had no expectations. I hadn't really heard anything of Mark Edwards before then. Whereas I went into this expecting, you know, incredible story, which I got. Um, but I always think expectations are quite hard for, for an author and for a reader. So there we go. But it was really good. The house guest, uh, Mark Edwards. If you're looking for something that is, as I say, it is a thriller. But it's it's just a bit different and you just feel unnerved all the time. You think, oh, no, what are they doing? What's going on? And it's about um, the relationship between the two of them. It's got good twists and turns. It's just a really good read or listen. I don't know. Um, some people say if you listen to an audio book, you can't say you've read the book. Oh, who knows? Well, let's not get into that today. But I certainly listened to the book and now I can say that I've read it let's put it like that but the house guest mark edwards really enjoyed that one 
So the next one is a bit of poetry, but something quite different. This is a book primarily for younger children, I would say, um, but it's something everyone can dip into. It's a short book. It's called Rhythm and Poetry uh, by Carl Nova. Now, um, unfortunately, the Hay Festival obviously couldn't be held as normal this year, so they did an online version. And um, I was watching a couple of the events that they were doing for children. And Carl was talking about his background, how he became involved in poetry and really how, you know, for him, it wasn't a wake up one day, right, I want to be a poet. It was stumbling across this incredible way of letting out your feelings and um, rationalising what's going on in the world and what's going on around you and putting it down. And so I ordered the books. I thought I've got to... I've got to re read more of his. And I think if you've got kids that are sort of key stage one, uh, maybe key stage two, who, uh, particularly if they've been put off poetry, which happens so often, it's such a shame, then this is a book where it's just, they're poems, but you don't, they don't feel like hard work. They just resonate with, with the kids. And he's got such a great way of delivering them as well. If you get to see a video of him, um, I'd really commend that to you. So, yes, yeah, something a bit different. Rhythm and Poetry by Carl Nova. Absolutely excellent. Enjoyed that one. Now, next, I want to talk to you about, we're getting through quite a few, but I have been waffling on for a while. And of course, the interview went on for a while and I've got lot more, lots more books to talk to you about next week. So I'll keep it brief. The last book I'm going to talk to you about today is called Gemma Bovary by Posey Simmons. Now, don't don't come to this with any um feelings about oh it's not for me i'm not interested in a graphic novel this is a graphic novel but i would say on each page maybe half of the page are drawings and half of the page is is text to read sometimes more text sometimes less but uh, you find yourself um in france and Gemma is dead it's a murder mystery why did she die who killed her or did nobody kill her? Did she die of her own hand? And it's about the story of her fitting in to this French community, the different characters, um, and what it is to be happy or not. Um, I thought it was really good. It's definitely one for grown-ups. Even though it's a graphic novel, this is not one, this is not a book at bedtime uh something to, to read to the kids absolutely not but it's great I thought it, it's quite a wry humor I would say um it's quite long how many pages are there well gosh right okay there's only 106 pages but I think because the writing's quite small and the drawings are so intricate it did take me a while to read but I was probably cherishing uh, each page I would definitely get more of Pose's books I have read some others but this one I think is her best it's the one I've enjoyed the most so if you're looking for a, a mystery, a murder mystery, but something completely different, then I would really suggest you, you have a look at this. It's subtle. It's funny. Um, the mixture of words and drawings. It's just brilliant. Really, uh, really enjoyed that one. So there we go. We've covered quite a lot. Now I must have a book of the week. Um, so we've had um, 
M.W. Craven, the curator. We've had Locked Together, the Audible special. We've had the house guest, Mark Edwards. Rhythm and Poetry, Carl Nova. And uh, Gemma Bovary by Posey Simmons. I'm going to have to... Book of the Week has to be the curator by M.W. Craven. Absolutely extraordinary book. If you like British crime... Um, and you haven't read his books, I really do recommend them to you. So there we go. I've got more to talk to you about next week um, and uh, another brilliant author to talk to. And I can't wait to see you again. So take care and we'll see you again soon. You've been Bye-bye listening now. to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. 